Welcome to the Purposeful Parent Podcast, a podcast for inspired parents. I'm Melissa. And I'm Kristen. I'm a parent of two little girls and the founder of Inner Architects. I love guiding parents and giving them a space to meaningfully connect, communicate effectively, break cycles, and learn to intentionally parent their kids. I'm an educator, a children's book author, and founder of Language Ninjas. With Language Ninjas and my books on the power of our words, parents and kids are given tools to empower their language. On this podcast, we are highlighting parents and educators who are choosing to mindfully show up differently for kids. Welcome back to another episode of the Purposeful Parent Podcast. Today, we are talking with Alyssa Knapp also known as the Embodied Mommy on Instagram. Alyssa is a kinesiologist, a Reiki master teacher, and a mentor with 14 years experience in the health and wellness field. She loves creating safe and loving spaces for others to release pressure and find joy by tapping into and maximizing their own energy. Alyssa has been on her own shadow work and healing journey and has gone deep into conscious and respectful parenting for herself. This personal work has led her to helping others become empowered by giving them the tools for physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual wellness and healing. Alyssa, thank you so much for being here today. We're really excited to have you. Um, I've been following you for some time now on Instagram. I love the information that you're putting out to the world. Um, We're really happy to have you here with us today. So thank you for being here. Thank you. So excited to to be chatting with you. (sighs) Alyssa, let's get started. Um, give us a little background, who you are, and um, your your Instagram page is called The Embodied Mommy. What is that? How did you come up with that name? What does that mean to you? Um, give us give us some background. Yes. So um, so it's actually kind of a um, sister company, if you will, to my other business, Integrative Wellness Journeys. The Embodied Mommy is something that I launched earlier this year. So like around May, I think it was. And it's definitely something that had been coming through me for a while. So as you mentioned, kind of in my intro, I do have a, a health and wellness background, um, worked for years as a clinical exercise physiologist, as a clinical health coach and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, always loved the mind-body connection and, and really integrating all these different dimensions of wellness in the work that I do. And then basically what happened, my son was a year, my oldest, my, so I have two boys. I have a, Charlie is a year and a half and Eddie is five and a half. So one of them just started kindergarten. So it's been, it's definitely been quite a journey. Um, But when he was a year old is when I started my business initially. And basically I just went through so much growth, you know, so much, so much of a transformation during that time. And I think part of it was the, the growth of as an entrepreneur and, you know, everything that we kind of go through during that time, but then also as a mother, you know, I learned so much about myself through, through those journeys. And so my son is for anybody who knows astrology, he's an Aquarius. Um, and he just, you know, he's such a unique personality. Like he's just this like very strong-willed little person and is so, has just like stretched me and my husband to our limits in so many ways. Um, And, you know, and, you know, in all the work that I do, I kind of, I've always tended to focus on like anxiety, wellness, um, you know, like mental wellness, mental health, things like that has always been a big focus. And, 
you know, just being in the trenches of motherhood, the whole from the beginning to being a working mom. And then during the pandemic and everything else, it was just like, oh my God, moms are, we are so bad at taking care of ourselves. You know, like we are just collectively, right? There's so much healing that needs to be done for the mother, right? The archetype of the mother, you know, there's so much guilt, right? So much shame, so much feeling like we need to compete with older versions of ourselves with people we see online, right? You know, coworkers, other people in the, in the industry. I mean, just, just so much, so many aspects, right. Of kind of this journey. So, so I was kind of starting to feel like, all right, I want to focus on moms, but it, you know, it didn't really kind of fully click until after I had my second son, Charlie, or I should say during that time. So I also had a pregnancy loss in between those two. And that in itself was a whole other, you know, journey and experience. And then having, getting pregnant with Charlie and having been on that journey of learning so deeply about myself, about spirituality, about wellness, right. And really pulling all of these different aspects together and became really, really focused on supporting other moms. And it just so happens many happen to be also moms in business. Not that that's exclusively who I'm calling out, you know, but <laughs> right. I guess we we all tend to kind of gravitate who we can relate to, you know, the most. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I, it started last year. I started a, a group called Conscious Parenting with Holistic Tools where the emphasis on this group, which is still continues, actually, I have kind of a little event going in there right now but I wanted a private space. So I wanted somewhere where I could go live and not worry about filtering myself, right? Because of any other type of person. I'm like, I want a community of moms who like get it. You know what I mean? So that I can really just like be, okay, let's, you know, talk about all these different, I could talk about weird things like human design and astrology and whatever, Reiki, (laughs) but also meditation and mindfulness and exercise and, you know, all those other things. So um, so it's a space basically for for other moms and parents to uh, learn new tools and different aspects of things. Like I I am a, a you know I love learning. I love adopting new things and and you know kind of pulling in all these different resources and stuff. So through my vast network of other providers, I've I started by just having you know one interview a week or a couple throughout the month. So there's a whole kind of uh, like library, the whole guide section of just like, hey, here's an intro of how you, if you look into astrology and parenting, here's how you, here's an intro to homeopathy. Here's, you know, like all these different elements. And um, so that's really the goal is to, again, kind of bring these, you know, bring these to the table so people know that they're available, you know, create a space to practice it. And, um, and also just share in community, you know, cause I think it's just more fun when there are more people in the conversation and, you know, so many of us are going through similar or the same things, even if our children are at different stages in their lives, it's really, really cool. And, you know, a big inspiration for me too, is how often I hear from moms with older children, whether they're like my age or even just in college or high school, you know, like, I wish I, I wish I knew you when my kids were little. I wish I had this when my kids were little and stuff, you know, cause there are so many that so many moms and, and parents in general, I think that just push through, you know, just really try to get through. These are the hard years. These are the hard seasons. And have to just survive until whatever they start school or they go to college or get a job or like whatever that time is. 
you know, and I saw that happening so much with my first. I was like, oh my God, we, we really need to slow down and actually enjoy this for what it is. And not in the, you know, cliche way, right. Of, um, you know, bypassing how hard it is because it is <laughs> just recently getting to where we can sleep through the night. My goodness. Um, you know, but again, finding kind of the, the joy amongst all of that and, you know, there are many ways to do it. And I love connecting those dots for people. Uh, I, I love, I just, everything you just said is so much in alignment with um, not only my own personal, like I've also been digging deeper into spirituality and healing for myself and, um, you know, took some language classes, working on different stories and supplementing beliefs and all of that. Like you talked about that archetype of the mother. Uh, I feel that to my core. Um, and so I, I just, it, I'm so excited about this conversation. And, and, you know, we asked you to be on this podcast because of the things you're talking about on, you know, on your platforms, they are so much in alignment and they are so important right now for women. I think, I think there's, it's a double-edged sword being a mother right now, right? We live in this hustle bustle um, society where, you know, we're just going and going and kids are expected to do things. And if you don't have your kid in all the sports, you know, and we're just constantly moving in that way. And, and parents are left and moms are left with, little time for themselves if they don't actually demand it or prioritize it right um and on the flip side i think that there's more and more people like us talking about these things bringing these things up to the surface creating these little pocket communities where moms can or parents can feel less alone yes. right so um i am excited to be a parent in this time and it's and like you mentioned it is also extremely challenging. Um, I don't know if that's different than it has been in the past. I think it's just different challenges, right? I, you know, we've mentioned on some of our interviews before about, you know, just how different our lives parenting are, how different they are from our parents parenting us, right? Oh. Like what the, th the, the things that, you know, are happening now, even just if we just simply talk about technology, right? Um, so much different than when we, when our parents were parenting us as little kids. So 100%, 100%. And I think each of these generations is another opportunity to, to really heal that, that next layer that really happen, you know, in our ancestral lines. And it's funny, right? Because in the healing space, we talk a lot about peeling back the layers, like the layers of an onion and getting to that, right? But it's kind of cool if we look at it collectively, right? From kind of a more broad perspective, we are very much doing that over you know, centuries, right? Over decades, over, you know, generations. And um, I think that our generation too, there's so much more light being shown on all these different aspects, right? Of ourselves. And we are learning more and more is available, you know? And I think those of us that, I think the most important thing for each of us, because all of our paths are going to look different, obviously, right? And I think that's kind of the cool thing is like, we're finally getting back to looking at the individual again, instead of just treating everything as like a one size fits all, this is what works for everyone. And that's really been the coolest aspect of all of this is like, no, we actually do have to look at the child as an individual. We have to look at the mother as an individual, the father, you know, like whatever element, right, of the family, because 
I think we're, we're, we're seeing things in a different way now because of how much the world is changing. Right. And I, on, you know, on a spiritual level, right. You know, our children are of a much higher vibration, right. Just sort of right out of the gate. They are very highly conscious, you know, and, you know, they chose us for a reason, right? <laughs> so we, you know, there are things that, um, you know, the more basically that we can help ourselves, I think the more supportive environment we can create for our children as individuals. And that's really kind of a cool thing that I'm seeing too. I'm, I'm actually, uh, uh, this sort of kind of came around um, inadvertently. So this was not like a planned new thing that I was doing or service or anything like that. But I was starting to share on social media the healing journey that my son Charlie went through. He basically, I can go into the story if you want to. I don't know how much time we have, but (laughs) essentially, yeah, yeah, we went from, um, so he was, when he was born, he was very like constipated, right? And I was like, as especially as a holistic wellness person, I'm like, no, we need regular bowel movements. Like, this is not normal. This is not okay. Right. So talk to the doctor, like, oh no, he's breastfed. So it's totally normal, you know, for him only to have a bowel movement once a week or whatever. I was like, okay, I don't remember that from my first one, but like, okay, that's cool. You know, I'm thinking, all right, as long as I'm eating well, whatever this and that there, he's like, as long as he's not uncomfortable. Right. So then kind of fast forward, he starts, you know, eating solid foods, still not really going very regularly. I'm like, "Mm, red flag, you know, like something's up. Um, The doctor's still not concerned about it, right, or anything. I end up bringing him to my chiropractor because I was working on healing something that is a chronic issue I've had in my neck. Finally started seeing a chiropractor. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Didn't realize like kids can really benefit from this as well. That wasn't, that's another kind of thing that I've highlighted on one on a podcast episode and also in my group, just like these, you know, again, like how these things that we are, are doing for our wellness, how they benefit our children, even from a young age, and even looking at it from like a, ma- a health maintenance perspective, right? Rather than fixing something that's wrong. So, you know, the whole constipation thing, it was kind of in the background, right? It wasn't really like a big focus. I brought him in and right away he started going to the bathroom regularly. I'm like, this is awesome. You know, then she starts talking about his neck and how, you know, basically he had like a latch issue when he was born that I kind of just worked through, but you know, but that was like all confirmed, like, you know, in, in her assessment of him and stuff. So it's like, oh my gosh, more moms need to learn about this and do this all right off the bat because I suffered tremendously with that latch issue, you know? Um, so, so anyway, he ends up, um, basically like reverting back and, 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 um, not going to the bathroom regularly again. So I'm like, okay, time to bring him to the naturopath. I was ready to get like a stool sample and, you know, do a microbiome test on his gut and maybe look into, you know, supplements or something because he was a C-section baby, which right there, you know, some people are showing evidence that they don't get the the same benefits um, as being birthed vaginally as far as their microbiome. So I'm like, okay, logically makes sense, right? So um, all that is kind of set up in the works, but because she's very busy, she's an awesome doctor, um, things kind of take a lot of time. So that was scheduled out a couple months. So it's like, all right, cool. Ended up connecting with one of my mentors who does IET, Integrated Energy Therapy. She's actually my IET teacher and a good friend. We were talking conversation. I'm like, you know what? I would love for you to do an energy healing session for Charlie because I bet that, you know, again, wanting to look at all all the, all the layers, right? And mind you, this child's been getting Reiki and all kinds of energy work, you know, since he was conceived, <laughs> 
<laughs> through the whole, you know, pregnancy, birthing process. I think he's literally gotten Reiki for me every single day since he's been born. But sometimes, just like we need the space held for ourselves, I needed somebody else to hold the space for this. I was too close. I wasn't getting any inf- intuitive information that maybe I would with working with somebody else, right? So she does this magical session with him. It was a distant session. He was napping. She was, you know, in her office. She does this session and like just the information that came out from it was like mind blowing how he had actually been holding on to thoughts. So thoughts that he was picking up from people at daycare and at his pediatrician's office that were creating stress. And we know on a physiological level, stress is going to affect the GI system, right? Because of all the the neural pathways, and the vagus nerve and everything else. So he was literally holding on in his gut because he was scared to release. Like he was worried about people actually being disgusted by it. Mm-hmm. So like, this was what she was telling me. So a lot of other things happened during that session. I won't go into it because it, it does get a little out there, but, um, but basically um, after that, he regulated again and he has been regular ever since. And this was June of this year. So, and again, like I, I know nutrition, right. I know nutrition very well. I knew what to feed him, what not to feed him this and that. And like, there's nothing else. Like what's the missing piece. And this was, there was actually um, an energetic cord. There was something he was holding onto in his solar plexus. So for those of you who are familiar with chakras, the solar plexus chakra is within the gut. Um, and, and rules those parts of the body. So it was all very interesting. And then after having that guidance from her, I was able to then maintain the, the energy work that she had kind of done. So after really understanding where he was holding on to energy, kind of where to clear, um, you know, I think, I believe that that has been really integral in the maintenance of this and him being able to, again, go regularly. And it's funny because I think about it all the time. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. I can't believe this was a thing. I can't believe there was a time where it was like, oh my God, day six, day seven, still haven't pooped. And if anybody here has had a constipated child before, that is just no fun for anybody. Um, but yeah, so after I started sharing about that, people started coming to me with their with their children and their, you know, their issues that their children have been working through. And that has just been so, so cool. So it was funny because prior to all of this, and Melissa, I think we had talked about this before, but prior to all of this is when I had formulated a program called Reiki Like a Mother, which is a program that was totally like, I was like, oh my God, I need to, I need to teach moms how to do this, right? Because it was so helpful for me during my pregnancy, during my pregnancy loss, during, you know, birth, during this, every stage of the process. So after I had Charlie, was when I started putting this program together. And then once I started doing energy work on children and have this experience that I had with Charlie, then I was like, this program just went to a whole new level. And it's been so, so cool and so fun to help moms understand how it's all related, how our energies are connected to each other, how we can help our children release trapped energy that they're holding onto. Because again, these children are highly conscious their energy channels are very open. So if you're familiar with the term empath, right? Our children are very sensitive beings and, um, you know, and just, it's incredible. Like, I think we all notice how different our children are sometimes when they're around certain individuals or in certain environments, certain spaces. So being able to actually clear that, you know, and ground them and help them work through that in a, in a deeper way is really, really powerful. 
That's that's really cool to me too to hear. Um, I worked in childcare for six years, and um, I got to see some of this from like some of the stress, like how especially the infants, like getting to notice how they would pick up on that from whoever was being their caregiver. So um, I mostly when I was noticing this was working up front, the office and the infant room was right behind. And I knew how the teacher was feeling in the room based off of how the kids were, if they were like laughing and having a good time, if they were crying a lot. Um, and I even got to experiment some, once I started like learning how to calm myself, I got to experiment with like going in and giving breaks in the infant room and being like, all right, this is my time. Like I have 10 minutes or I have an hour. Can I get them calm? And they like really being able to notice they do, they pick up on those energies so mm. much. And especially the young ones, cause it's like, they can't communicate yet with words, but they can, they're getting the energies from the people around them. So did like having worked in childcare too, with the language around not wanting to pass, have a bowel movement because somebody might get grossed out where not thinking about it, like teachers in the room. I mean, I'd done it too, working with toddlers, just being like, ew, this smells, or I, I try to make it light with the kids when I'm changing their diaper, but still like knowing that this could start causing shame for bowel movements. So yeah, hearing all of that. Um, and then even deeper layers to that. That's it's, it's cool to hear. And like a confirmation too of things that I've seen. Oh my God. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. Right. And I think it's an important because it's important, not only for, you know, for those of us who have to send our children to childcare situations, mm -hmm. right. But also as parents, they, you know, our boundaries with our children are, are so faint. <laughs> if they exist at all, right? So, you know, and that's energy boundaries, right? So, so when we are not regulated, our children pick up on that so much. And yes, as well as any other person. Hmm. And there are there are things that we can do for our children to clear that, to help develop their boundaries, their energetic boundaries. And, and, you know, it's, we do that through certain techniques, but also as a child gets older, they're so open to learning this kind of stuff too. Like my kids love crystals, you know, um, you know, you can use the, all, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of, you know, little like, like tips and, and strategies and stuff to clear it. But it is, it's really, really amazing. And how interesting that you could see that just in like, like echo throughout the entire mm -hmm. room. <laughs> So Alyssa, have you been this spiritual kind of for a while or has this happened like in your parenting journey? Great question. So I could not have been any further away from spirituality and anything related to it for a very long time. Um, and it's kind of funny. I think that's why certain people will choose to kind of go this route with me because they know that my background is was so rooted in science and, you know, um, kinesiology and, you know, psychology and all that kind of stuff. And, and once I started to, first I experienced Reiki that first of all, it was somebody that I had worked with. She was a nurse. She was a, a fellow health coach. She was a Reiki master. And she wanted to kind of integrate that modality as part of our, as like a service within this corporate wellness company. So I developed like a pilot study 
And I had people kind of sign up and they did, it was distance Reiki, like, you know, and all like for sleep and stress and things like that. And so I experienced it for the first time at home. She was, you know, at her house or whatever, actually receiving it, like feeling it. And I was like, well, that is really cool. I feel like I just had like a massage, like an energy massage. I slept great. I've always had high anxiety. So (laughs) it was very helpful for me to to experience that. Um, And then when I saw the results of the little pilot study that I did, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really cool to like see this effect. And then when I started my business, I had no intentions of like practicing this or anything like that, but I wanted her as kind of like a practitioner. So she was like, oh, let me teach you Reiki. So at least you can do it for yourself. Learning Reiki for me was like my first spiritual awakening. Uh, It basically showed me so many aspects of myself, like where I had developed trauma from my childhood and teen years. That was when I really started to kind of dive into this whole realm. Um, Again, for anybody listening who understands the chakras, like my crown chakra opened right up during that experience. So that's basically, you know, just opening up your intuition. Um, You know, I was it basically felt like I described it to, to somebody once, like it was almost like the frequency, right. Of like a dial on a radio, like on an old radio, it was like, it finally like kind of like tuned in for me and things started to really line up. And then as I worked through and I, I studied more and I got my Reiki master certification again, without the intention of teaching it at the time, but then I am kind of a teacher at heart. So once I started, once I started doing that, I couldn't not, Um, But that really worked on healing some religious trauma that I had. So my mom's Jewish, my dad's Catholic. I was raised, forced to go to church every Sunday. And just from my own path, like I never really liked to use the word God or Jesus, or I didn't identify with any religion, didn't believe in organized religion, um, anything like that. So to enter into something, I always tied religion and spirituality together. So I didn't really, even though like I studied wellness and the dimensions of wellness, I talk about all the time, even there, there's research on like the aspect of spiritual wellness, but I never really felt connected to that. I did you know, it just never felt aligned to me. So it was really cool to be able to understand the difference and really, you know, heal through that experience so that I actually can benefit from these tools that are actually so helpful and have nothing to do with religion at all. So for me, spirituality is really a connection to a greater source, whether that be God for some people, source, divine, right, whatever, um, being feeling connected to each other, to other just human beings on this bigger, deeper level, feeling more connected to the earth, right? And just really feeling kind of connected to everything, like almost like a, it's like that, that like net, you know, that we're all oh, that web or whatever that we're just all a part of. To me, spirituality is is tapping into that, and not only to be able to actually disconnect ourselves like energetically from others, including the media, right? Or just to other toxic situations or maybe traumatic events, things like that. But also um, I do believe that by connecting that and tapping into it, we also are able to serve more, you know, like when I think about my network of people, my platforms and who I'm serving, I think about the exponential effect I'm having on the world by focusing on moms, by focusing on families, you know, and God, if like, if every household, you know, had these tools and these skills and stuff, like just what an impact that would make on everything. So I call Reiki my gateway drug. 
Um, Reiki was my gateway drug to all other kinds of spiritual tools and stuff like crystals, you know, oils, which you can obviously group under many different modalities. But um, I've since gotten uh, through my three levels of integrated energy therapy. So I'm an advanced IET practitioner. I'm just finishing up now my cranial sacral therapy certification, which is sounds very physically based and it is, but I didn't realize there was such an energy component to that too, which again, this is all spiritual wellness, right? Um, I feel like I did other things in there too, just all the breath work and mindfulness and meditation, you know, just kind of bringing it all together and showing people how we integrate, like how that makes a difference on your emotional well-being, how it makes a difference on your physical well-being. I mean, look at Charlie, right? Like look at his, he had constipation, he could have been going down a road of what, whatever the doctor might've given me if it got to whatever point, right? You know, and we were able to really work through that. And, but we still need to tend to our physical bodies, right? And there's a big gap I see in the spiritual wellness area where there are people who are really focusing on the energetics and focusing on this, but they're not really tying it to, especially like physical wellness, right? Like what are we feeling? What are we putting into our bodies? How are we moving our bodies, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see um, how all of these different fields, all of these different, you know, um, areas can come can come together in such a beautiful way. Yeah, it's it's so interesting talking to you and and how aligned, <laughs> like how similar our paths are. I mean, really, for me, in the last two three years um has this been something that's even been a focus for me as well and we have a similar background i have a master's in exercise science i was a pe teacher i have a fitness background like so very science-based but i always had this like there's got to be more there's something there's something that i was missing and i was missing with my clients like i wish that i could go back 10 years and talk to my clients about their trauma and when i owned a crossfit gym and i was not trauma informed in any way you know how, how weird or inappropriate that would have been to be like, you know, did you get um, assaulted when you were a child? You know, like how you could talk about, you know, what that trauma would have looked like, but like, there are clients that ping in my head all the time where I'm like, I missed something. I missed something big with them because they were overweight and there's signs, signs, consistency of like, they just wouldn't do it. They, there was just, just something lacking in them to, to like actually get the thing done for themselves. And it was simple, holistic tools, you know? And, and I'm like, oh, I missed, I, and, you, and you, you know what you know, you don't know what you don't know, you know? And, but like, part of me wishes I could go back 10 years and talk oh, yeah. to some of those people and say like, I missed something and now I have this information. Can I help you now? Um, but yeah, really looking at, you know, such a similar path. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a Catholic home that, was just kind of like one foot in one foot out it was like okay we'll go for christmas eve but not for you know we'll go to religious ed and get like baptized but i don't that doesn't mean anything you know we don't talk about it at home you know we hide easter eggs but we don't really talk about you know jesus you know there was just this like complete disconnect um and then i lost a sister um she was born with an aortic defect and so she lived for a month in the hospital never came home and when my, when she passed away, my mom was like, there is no God. God doesn't do this to people. Like, you know, so she completely shut off religion. So then I was like, well, if there's no God, then there's nothing. Right. Like, do I not believe in any, like, I don't, I don't even know what that means. So 
again, tying that, like, I thought that spirituality was religion. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't, I didn't resonate with any of this. None of it meant anything to me. And then something bad happened or something tragic happened in my family. And my mom just shut it off. So I guess that's, that's where we are now. Right. Like I, there's nothing bigger than me. It's just here I am, you know? And I knew, but there was always something pulling me. There was always something that I was like, there's got to be something bigger. There's, I feel it. And that connect, you talk about connection to other people. Like my spiritual journeys have just like, there's been experiences I've had where I felt roots, like literally growing to people and that were in the container with me during some of those experiences. So um, it's, it's, so just so interesting that, you know, those paths are so similar. And I'm very, I'm very grateful that I've gotten to this point and I'm able, you know, same thing, like my kids have shelves of crystals and they don't know what they all mean, but they, it's just part of the conversation now. Right. And we talk about, you know, mindfulness and we sit and we do breath work and we do all these things that, you know, and I, you know, mine, my journey is only about two, two and a half, three years old. So my seven-year-old lived half her life without this version of me. So I'm kind of in this like messiness with her where I bounce back and forth to, you know, this was the mom I was four years ago, but now I want to be this mom. And like, she's confused sometimes I think about how I show up. Um, so I, and that's why I asked that question, you know, did your five-year-old, are you in a similar boat in that regard where your five-year-old had two versions of you or was this happening before you you had him. Yeah, absolutely. He had two versions of me. The poor thing. <laughs> no. Poor sweet little damaged daddy. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's fine. He's fine. I mean, and like, I mean, that's the thing. Cause I, I find that, you know, I'm like, Oh my God, I wish I knew this. I wish I knew that. I wish I did this. I wish I did that, you know? Um, but we, we went through, I mean, it's cliche, right. But we did, we went through it for a reason there. We had to you know, we needed to go through that to get to where we are now. And also quantum healing, energy healing, all of this stuff, we can actually send energy back to those past versions of ourselves. We can actually send love and and send all of that back to us in that moment, back to, you know, dealing with that horrible situation, that tantrum, you know, so poorly or whatever the thing was that, you know you know, that kind of happened, right? Like, like pre-existing spiritual tools, if you will. Um, and yeah, yeah. But no, definitely. I think he does remember, remember both versions for sure. And I think for any parent, any subsequent children after the first one, it's just such a completely different experience for so many reasons. Um, but definitely I know spirituality, you know, and all of these things had something to do with it. Yeah. And it's funny because even, even in the first couple of years of like doing this and practicing it, I still kept forgetting to like use this for my own life. I would use it for myself, but I didn't always have that piece of how to really use this with my kids for my kids and stuff until more recent years. Yeah. As a, as a teacher, I, I too had that, like I went on a journey mid school year, like deep journey into myself, learning things. And I had a, kids in my class that we would just like, we were at each other's throats sometimes <laughs> like, you're driving me crazy. 
but back and forth. Like I drive them crazy. They drive me crazy. So being on the other side of that after I'm like, okay, I, I now know how to tend to myself where they're like, okay, who, who are you now? Why are you not getting mad at me for this thing that I used to do to try to get attention from you? And, um, but, but then too, like trying my best not to beat myself up when I fell back into the old pattern too, of like, um, I'm doing this again. This is the thing I wanted to avoid, but yeah, like you said, sending that love back to the old, like the past and give it, it even in the, just being able to forgive yourself so you can move forward, um, is so important. So yeah, I love, and I love the, the quantum field of it too, like getting into that part. Cause the, in that you can go back generations and mm -hmm. heal and it's, it's so amazing. <laughs> it is so amazing. And that's, that's again, part of why I, I put this program together because there are so many layers like that we can heal and go through. And every person is different how they arrive within that journey, right? Like somebody right off the bat, they need to work on a lot from this lifetime first, right? <laughs> Before they can go into any further. But once we get there, we can really make some, some really big shifts. And um, you know, we do that through, yeah, healing the past, but also, you know, helping to kind of pave this way for our kids, right? And and for whether it is in a teaching role or caregiver role, right, or whatever mm -hmm. that role is, you know, so, so many of us are having this impact. And I think it's really important to what you mentioned, Kristen, about really, you know, forgiving ourselves through that, because there are still days when I absolutely lose it. You know what I mean? Like there are days when right. I just don't have it all together. And, and, you know, something will happen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was, that was old me. Right. Like, mm -hmm. or that, that was just like, not a good moment. Wasn't the best, but you know what? We learned to apologize that we behaved in that way. We use it as a learning opportunity. Right. And to say, all right, this is what happened. This is what I'm really, you know, I'm sorry. And this is what I should have done, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and that's been really, really cool because now I do see my older son actually repeat those things back. Like, you know, I got, I was getting really frustrated bringing, bringing him into school one day because I was rushed and he wasn't listening and this, you know, and all of these things. Right. And then I was like kind of raising my voice as I was getting his shoes on. And then when we got into the car, I was like, I'm really sorry. I yelled Eddie like that, you know, like that wasn't nice. I felt really stressed. I was, you know, I felt blah, 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 whatever I was feeling. And he was like, it's okay, mom. Everybody gets mad sometimes. It's okay that you got angry, you know? And it was just like so cute that he was actually like repeating that back, you know, and really listening. And, you know, and I felt good that I talked through and actually, you know, we grew through that situation instead of me just feeling bad and then yelling more or, you know, or, or him screaming or something like that. Like it was just a really nice kind of example of like, all right, over time, it, this really helps, you know, and I think it's important for all of us, no matter what our journey is or where we're at, that it's a process, right? You know, it's not something that's going to, you know, be fixed right away or change right away, but through mindfulness, through awareness, and just through awareness of those cycles, like when I talk to moms and we kind of look at that, that loop of like, all right, there's that behavior, there's a symptom, right? Well, what happened before that behavior, right? What else is going on? What else is going on? What's on your mind? What's happening in your life, right? And, and you know, wh where do we shift, right? There's something I always say, it's, you know, do we need to, you know, change something that we're doing or do we need to change how we're thinking about the situation, Right. Is it like a mindset shift or do we actually have to do something behaviorally different? And that's really, really important. But, you know, we're learning 
And we need to give ourselves that grace too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, as we wrap this up, uh, I would love to, to hear some advice for parents. So if parents are listening to this and they're like, this is so far out there for me or so, so, you know, far away from where I currently am, how, but I, but I'm interested. I would love to start implementing what, what is the first tool? What do you think is a good first step for them? Great question. So the first step is always mindfulness for me, um, because when we can start to, to be conscious, be present and learn to not judge ourselves in the moment, that's where we have so much opportunity to change and shift the energy. So how to do that, right? How to make those shifts. There are so many tools and techniques and things, right, that we can do. But that first step is always awareness and bringing and weaving that into your life, right? So it's not necessarily going to be like, okay, sit for an hour every day and don't think about anything, right? Or whatever, listen to an hour meditation or something. I mean, that's great if you have that kind of time, but I say just work on carving five minutes out of your day to quiet yourself, right? To tune into your breath, to turn into your awareness, to actually check in with how you're feeling and then start to bring that awareness to other aspects of your life and throughout your day. So I'm a big proponent of like pairing activities together when we're starting a new habit. So let's say starting with like brushing your teeth or eating your breakfast or driving in the car, having these pockets of time that you're already doing, but use that as an opportunity to really be present and mindful during that entire activity. And it goes hand in hand with being a parent. If we can be more conscious, more present, again, without judgment, without reacting, then we can learn more about our children. We can learn more about ourselves. And again, there's just so much... um, there is so much potential, right, in the now that that is always my first suggestion to any mom, your person, parent, whatever, starting out within all of this, work on getting quiet because that is really when a lot is going to start to come up for you. And that's usually where we need to begin in order to really feel and process the energy around us. And a great question to ask, right, when all that energy is kind of coming up, is like, is this mine? Because <laughs> sometimes we're holding on to that of our partners or our children or social media, right? Wherever that is. So that would be definitely my first and foremost step to anybody. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> awesome. I've loved this conversation. Mm-hmm. I think it's so beneficial. And I think that um, I think it's a it's a topic that might make people feel a little uncomfortable. And I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I like that we're that we're stepping over that line a little bit here and that we're opening up people's awareness to other modalities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate this conversation very much, Alyssa. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And before we go to where where can our listeners go to learn more about you or to find your if they want to do find out about your program, um, where can they go for that? Oh, and your podcast also. That. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. So the best place to get all of that information is going to be by following me on Instagram. So it's at embodied mommy. So embodied mommy, no underscore periods or anything. And on there, um, I do post about my programs. I do post about my podcast. So the embodied mommy podcast is 
really all about bringing light to the shadows of motherhood, you know, just bringing a lot of truths to the surface. So the whole first season with, I have a co-host, Jamie, Jamie Gray, and um, we talked about the fourth trimester and all the things that nobody talks about in the fourth trimester. Like what is going on? How come nobody warned me about this? So, um, you know, so we talk a lot about, about different, you know, different kind of topics within there. The next season is going to be all about, um, basically being a mompreneur and being a mom in business and kind of what that's like. And it's also a very unique, unique journey. We deal with a lot of challenges and situations that not the average, you know, working parent does. It's very interesting. So that's going to be season two. And then, yeah, you can get more information on Ricky Like a Mother, as well as one-on-one sessions, either for, for you as a parent or for your child. I do all ages from babies to teens. And there's one other thing. Oh, my my Facebook group would be actually a fabulous place for any mom to go and kind of dip their toe into learning some of these different things that I'm talking about. It is an interactive community. So also a great place to go if you want some guidance or direction on something. There are a lot of really, really supportive moms um, in there. So that is Conscious Parenting with Holistic Tools on Facebook. And again, you can get links to all of that um, from my Instagram. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks again so much for this conversation. I learned a lot from you today. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. Thanks to everybody listening. Thank you for listening to the Purposeful Parent Podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and share it with your friends. To learn more about Melissa and Kristen, follow The Purposeful Parent on Instagram. You can also find out about what Melissa is up to by following Inner Architect on Instagram. And to keep up with Kristen, follow Language Ninjas on Instagram. We'd love to hear how you are choosing to purposefully parent, so please feel free to reach out and say hi.